You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, it's Andy. Welcome back to the show. This is Your Woo Woo Best Friend, as you know, and we're doing something really fun today. This is our first episode where we are collaborating with another podcast and airing the interview that you're going to hear shortly on both this show and on our collaborator show, which is To Bra or Not To Bra podcast by Emily Golan. So I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. First, eclipse season is on the way. And around this time, I start to hear all sorts of chatter around what the eclipses are going to bring our way, the chaos that's going to ensue, I hear and see posts and warnings about practicing manifestation rituals and how it's so bad for us to be manifesting during eclipse season. And that warning can sound really scary. It can lead to superstitious behavior. It can lead us to turn off our best practices, our daily self-care rituals, which is honestly the opposite of what we need to be doing during eclipse season. So if you've been scrolling on the internet and you've been seeing folks saying, no manifesting during eclipse season, this is bad for us. Remember, daily self-care, rituals that are ultimately designed, designed to raise your vibration are always good for you. And when the eclipses come and it feels a little bit chaotic, this is an extra special time, an extra good time to take extra good care. So, I mean, sure, maybe dial back your witchy, your witchiness a little bit in your practices if that feels like something that might be helpful to you so as to kind of stay out of the superstition of the manifestation But the reality is this, as you become a master manifester, you'll notice that your thoughts, your actions, your beliefs, and your emotions begin to align and you are attracting in the things that you have on your vision board, the things that you have on your manifestation lists with ease and flow. We're going to talk about this ease and flow in this episode. We're going to talk about how manifestation can be quite like having an orgasm during sex. As Emily and I started having this conversation, I really felt aligned to this analogy and was kind of like, how did I not think of this before? I'm so interested to hear what you guys have to think. So send me a DM or a message and let me know what comes up for you. All right, let's talk a little bit more about this eclipse season. If you're feeling like you need some guidance on which rituals are especially appropriate during eclipse season, because it can feel a little bit frenetic in terms of the energy and quite confronting as well. Eclipses can be really aligned with our destiny. So you may start to feel like You need to put in all this extra action to get things accomplished. And you're like, what is happening? Especially during the new moon solar eclipse, because new moons are not typically a time when we're feeling this like frenetic go, go, go energy. So if you're feeling like 
I need some help with this. I need some guidance. I totally have you. Our next session of Rituals of Manifestation starts on May 1st, and we're going to be offering in this particular commune and this particular session practices specifically designed to cultivate peace, calm, clarity, think energy clearing baths, meditations for enhancing sleep, breath practices for radiance, journal work to help you reset. And as always, we'll have some dance party vibes to help you shake off the scary eclipse energies, which they really don't need to be so scary. You guys have got this. We've all got this. Sometimes I think the astrology can get a little scarier than it needs to. It's just a, it's all just a great guide and reminder of how to stay in our alignment. This particular Taurus new moon solar eclipse will be serving up a really a blank sky. It's the perfect space to create your cosmic vision board. There's something really special about a Taurus new moon because it's ruled by the planet Venus, which is the planet of music and art and style. All of our new moons are special. But I think that for the folks that listen to this show, really leaning into the beauty of the season and the beauty of spring is especially lovely. So I encourage you to get out there, enjoy music, experience art, dress up, let that Venus vibe flow through you, and you're going to have a really good time this particular eclipse season. I promise. Now, on to our collaborative episode. Let's meet Emily. Emily Golan is a certified health and transformational life coach. She's the founder of Embody Health and Mental Wellness Coaching. And as I already mentioned, she's the host of the podcast, To Bra or Not To Bra. Such a fun name. She was once a financial consultant and obviously now as a health coach, she has a passion for helping women to step into their healthiest, most confident, inspired versions of themselves. Obviously, someone who fits right in here on this show and in our community. Emily's approach to health and wellness coaching focuses on shifting the neurological connection to what pleasure is linked to in the brain, thus exponentially increasing motivation for follow-through while removing willpower from the equation. Mm, So, so good. She works with women to unlock their personal power to boost their well-being through incremental habit changes, very much something we do over here too, that help to strengthen the mind, body, and movement connection. She helps women move past the anxiety and overwhelm that comes from feeling stuck, and she helps them to step into a life of confidence and full body alignment. Alignment. So let's get into it. When Emily and I first had a conversation about creating this episode, I was going to go on her show. She was going to come on my show. We met actually through a podcast event with almost 30 podcasts. And then we got to talking and we were like, let's just let's just interview each other on an episode together and bring it forward at the same time. So as you're listening to this episode, If you're loving it and you want to go check out Emily's take on the episode, you can go take a listen to her show. And of course, 
check out all of her great episodes because she's got so much stuff going on. So welcome to the show, to this collaborative episode, my friend Emily Golan of To Bra or Not To Bra podcast and Embody Health and Mental Wellness Coaching. We are live, and by live, I mean recording <laughs> live with each other. Yeah, we sure are. Uh, I'm so excited for today, Andy. Yeah, so this is a brand new approach that we're both getting into with this episode. So we're recording an episode that is going to air on both shows, on Your Woo Woo Best Friend and on To Bra or Not To Bra. Yeah, we were going to record two separate ones, and then we were like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why Why would we do that? And we're probably going to talk about most of the same stuff anyways. Exactly. And both of our, like, our mojo is about living life in the most fun, simplest, like, let's not make things harder than they need to be. Completely. So we're going to do that. Here so this are. is what we're doing. Hey, guys. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. So... Emily, as you know, on my show, we often start our episodes talking about astrology, not something you normally do on your show. So we're going to get to do some astrology for for your peeps and for my peeps. They're going to have an opportunity to learn a little bit about I'm you. So through your signs. <laughs> yeah. So give it to me, sun, moon, and rising sign. Okay. Yeah. So Andy starts all of her episodes being like, okay, what's your sign? Or what are your signs? Mm-hmm. And when I first listened to an episode, I was like, signs? Like, <laughs> what are you There's talking more about? than one. So um, yesterday, I, with one of my coaching clients, she is into astrology and she's a tarot reader and all this stuff. Then God, shout out to you, Bridget. Um, so I asked her what my signs were. Okay, here it is. I'm a Libra sun. Okay. Which I knew. And for all my listeners, that's like your typical, like what you read in Cosmo one. Yep. Um, my moon is in Taurus. Okay. And I'm really glad I asked her because I pronounced it Terrace the first time. <laughs> She's like, I'm. Mm. Um, and my rising is Sagittarius. Okay. And I'm in the what house am I? It's damn it, you guys. It's I'm in like a cool house. <laughs> yeah, perfect. It's it's the house. I think it's like maybe the fourth or fifth, and it's the one of people who like are typically like leaders or want to be famous or some. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Do you okay. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. So we'll talk about houses in a second for. Especially for people that don't know anything about houses, that's a fun thing. Yeah, no one knows anything that I'm talking about. They're like, you have multiple houses. Yep. Yeah. Lots of property over here. Yeah, exactly. Multiple houses (laughs) in our spiritual realm, maybe in future in our in the material realm also, but definitely in the spiritual realm. Okay. So Libra. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of detail on each of these since this is pretty new for you. So you know a little bit about Libra because that's your sun sign. That's the one you read in Cosmo. Yes. And the sun sign is, it's really our personality. It's, it's the, it's the story of who we are. Libra is such a, it's such a beautiful sign. It's, um, it's an air sign. The symbol is the scales. It's ruling planet is Venus. So it's, it's a sign that is really 
artistic and a sign of love and a sign of design. It also, because of those scales, it's the sign of the peacemaker or the judge really being um, mindful of creating equality. There's a lot of harmony, peace, and beauty within the sign. So that's Libra, which is your sun sign, which you know really well. So Taurus, I'm actually a Taurus moon as well. So that one I know well also, Ben, my my man is a Taurus sun. So lots of Taurus energy around this household. Taurus is an earth sign. Its symbol is the bull. It's also ruled by the planet Venus. So for you, Emily, that means you've got lots of Venus floating around in your energy. So like all things beauty are, everything you do is just through the lens of, of, of beauty, which is really cool. In a materialistic um, way? Not necessarily. It can be very much like, like the beauty of I mean, nature. like I know I'm really pretty, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got that. You've got that um, Libra Taurus look to you with your natural good looks, of course. But it also is like the beauty of, like one of the Taurus archetypes is the earth goddess. So like really having a connection to the beauty of nature, having the, I mean, in the work that you do, you work with women to support them and stepping into who they are at any stage of their life. And there's like extreme beauty in that work. So it can be beauty in that way too. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. It's so like wait. finding beauty in everything. Yes. Ooh, should I change the tagline? <laughs> Screw and body health and mental wellness. It's now called beauty in life. Finding and beauty, finding beauty in everything. Yeah. Ooh. ooh. What do yeah. you think, you guys? I, okay, so I'm for everyone it. who doesn't know, so we have our sun, which is like the Cosmo one. That's mm-hmm. like your your typical personality, what, yep. what you put out to the world, would you say? Yep, that's right. Okay, mm-hmm. and then your moon, what's that? So your moon sign is your emotions. It's how, it's that, it's that inner world that someone has to really get to know you for you to share that. But it is, the moon rules your emotional state of being. Okay. Yeah. Then your rising sign. And for you, Sagittarius, the Sagittarius, Sagittarius is a sign of expansion. It's the philosopher of the Zodiac, uh, the traveler. So folks who have Sagittarius rising or Sagittarius sun often really, really love to explore, to learn. They read lots of books. That's all a part of that sign. And the rising sign is the mask that you can often wear with the world. And it doesn't mean that you're hiding anything. It's just, you know, it's like when you get dressed in the morning and go out to work to go to the office, like many of us used to do before 2020. <laughs> it's like the person you put on to go out the door is your rising mm. sign. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. The only thing that's very inaccurate <laughs> about this <laughs> is that. I do not read a lot. I want to want to. Yeah. Um, but okay. So there's like, <laughs> I have a lot of books and mm-hmm. like, I, I do read some, but it's honestly on a serious note, it's really hard for me to keep my attention. And um, I don't know if you know this about me, Andy, but I have OCD. And most of my listeners probably know, but if you don't, I wasn't diagnosed until I was 23, which was 
a huge game changer. Like that's what initiated everything about my journey and why I am here today with a full body alignment in terms of my methodology of coaching. Yeah. And, um, one of the tendencies, oh, this is perfect because this goes right into another question I wanted to ask you. Um, one of the tendencies for OCD is that it can be very difficult to read mm-hmm. because yeah. you read a line and then you go back and make sure you read it and you make sure you got every single like word. And so reading an, enti- an entire page was like painstaking for me, but the philosophical part of me loved the analysis and the thinking yeah. that happens. Yeah. And that could definitely be how Sagittarius shows up for you. That is it, that is very much what Sagittarius is all about is deep thinking, sometimes teaching, being a podcast host would be some Sagittarius <laughs> energy, sharing what you know, wanting to educate people, hosting group experiences. So a life coach. Yeah. All of the Shocking. things that you're doing very much fit into that story. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That so that's beautiful. Yeah. That's the deal. And then for the houses, just, just as a quick overview. So the house that you were talking about, the one that's kind of like, okay, how did you describe it to me a second ago? It's okay. So if you're looking in the the chart, you guys, which I think Andy, you have resources to look yep. that up. So mm-hmm. we can put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, it's the one at like around 11 o'clock. Okay. So it's probably like fifth house for fifth you. House? Yeah. I yep. think it's the fifth. Yeah. And fifth house is ruled by Leo, which is very much, um, it's, I'm a Leo son. So I, I know Leo very well. It's that like charismatic being on stage sort of energy. Yep. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Very much okay. you. Ooh. Okay. Wait. So explain the houses for a second. So the house is okay. So the astrological wheel, the chart is divided into 12 sections. And when you look at the chart, those 12 sections are like little pieces of pie on the bigger astrological wheel. And each astrological house defines an area of your life And the planets then sit inside of the houses on the chart. So there's there's each of those 12 houses. And then, so for example, your sign of Libra would sit in a particular house. And so it's not just that you're a Libra sun and have all all that beautiful Libra energy. You're also reflecting the energy of the house that it lives in. Mm. And so it the houses range from like first house is the house of self. We just talked about the fifth house, which is considered by some to be like a house of pleasure, but it's very much like that, that showmanship energy. There's the fourth house is the house of family and home. The eighth house um, can be considered the house of like sex, death, and money. That's kind of like a really like kind of, kind of interesting one, interesting. but they all have different. Yeah, they all, and we, we all... We all have every house in our chart. It's a matter of how our planets align in those charts. So we're all going to have energies around each of those houses because it lives on our map, basically. So my question, and yesterday, as I was going through this with my client, who's into this stuff, she we started going into the houses. So she told me my sun, moon, rising. Mm-hmm. 
And then she's going to the houses and she's like, oh, well, that's the Leo realm. And I, I laughed out loud. Like I rolled my eyes and I was like, you're, you literally just gave me four out of 12 of the signs. And now you're talking about like Venus too, which is, isn't even a sign. Right. And it's a planet. It <laughs> is a planet. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about the razor, you guys. <laughs> um, and so I just get, I love it. And I get really, I do get into it, but it's almost like overwhelming to the point of like, what do I even actually look at or pay attention to? Yeah, it is complex. And I've been using astrology in my personal life and certainly in my work too, but in my personal life for, you know, many years, uh, certainly more than, more than a decade. And I'm always finding new things. I'm always finding like new patterns or new new ways of interpreting how something might be playing out in my life. And I think for me, like using astrology is a really wonderful way to find, find commonalities in, in your life around. It's just a really great way to like, look at what's going on and then find the story and Mm. help you to further reflect I don't use astrology from a predictive sort of way, like because you're Leo sun in the fifth house, this is what's going to happen. Or because you're a Libra sun in your case in the fifth house, this is what's going to happen. I really think of it more as, as a way to dial in and go, okay, there's a lot of Venus energy in, in your charts. So obviously beauty is something that the planet Venus represents. How can I tap more deeply into beauty in my life? And just using it as a way mm-hmm. to... to to tap into that versus predict what's going to happen. Totally. So it's like, it's just another tool in yeah. your set of, in your cute little beauty toolkit. Yeah. And you can go as deep as you want. You're right. It is complex. There's, there's the signs, the houses, the planets, and then there's all sorts of other things to look at too. Like how the, how the planets sit with each other and how they're in relationship on your chart. So there's, there's a lot of complexities. So you can go as deep as you want. The things that I think are really a good place to start when you're learning is sun, moon, rising are really good places to start, which is what we just talked about. And then depending on like what you're working on in your life, like let's say you're working on your relationship with self and others, Venus would be a good planet to spend some time exploring like where what Venus is doing in your chart. If you're working on communication or maybe like you've got something going on at work and you really want to, you really want to look at like how you're, how you're thinking, how you're presenting, how you're putting things together. Mercury is a good planet to look for on your chart because Mercury is a planet of communication, thinking, perception, writing, those sorts of things. Um, if you're wondering like how you're, um, how your how your luck is going to be around something. Jupiter is a planet to look at for that. It's a planet of abundance, optimism, expansion. So, and and here's where it gets even a little bit more complex, but it can be really fun. So we all have a chart, but then the the global planet has a chart as well. And and what? <laughs> so like like countries have charts. Every anything can have a chart. So like right now. We have an episode over on my show 
the United States has a really big astrological event going on right now, which is called the Pluto return. So it's, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like a big, it's a big deal. So countries have charts. Your business can have a chart. How do they have a chart when I know, I I just (laughs) tell my mic, how do you have a chart for, how does a country have a chart or my business have a chart when you have to put in like to get your chart, you guys, you have to put in your name, your, the city you were born and the time you were born. Yeah. So for a country, for example, it'd be typically the U S chart is determined by the day the declaration of independence was signed and where it was signed. So typically that's how a country's chart is determined. Um, now certainly for a country like the U S there's lots of, there's lots of ways you could consider it outside of the Declaration of Independence. Obviously, people lived in the U.S. before the U.S. was the U.S., but the U.S. as it sits on paper, that's the chart that I'm talking about. Um, For a business, you could look at like, what day did you incorporate your business or what day did you set up your LLC? Some people are like, I consider my business the day I put it out. I set up my website and like launched, launched the website and whatever city that you did that in. So those are some things you could look Ooh. at to, to determine those things. And it's, it's, I mean, I find it just to be really fun. Cause then you start to look at, okay, I can kind of create some personality around this in a different way, which it's a fun way to, it's a fun way to use astrology. Totally. It sounds like, um, so something that I do with my clients is like, we go through the wheel of life, which essentially I didn't even realize is yeah. basically going through the houses yeah, and we're looking at what's, what areas are you feeling fulfilled in and what areas are you kind of putting on the back burner that you want to be tapping into? Yeah. Right? Totally. Like mm-hmm. you, it's not like, Oh, if you're not tapping into every area, then you're not a hundred percent fulfilled. Like it's, it's still about listening to your desires and kind of this reminder of, Oh, I haven't really been using that philosophical aspect of my brain lately. Maybe that's why I'm feeling a little off. Yeah. 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 I love using it that way. So like for me, that Taurus moon is a really, I love that archetype idea of the earth goddess. So it's a reminder to me that my emotional state of being is going to be better aligned when I spend time in nature. Like when I allow myself to be the earth goddess that is inevitably in me that sometimes other parts of me take over and I forget to commit to time outside or I forget. I don't really do that anymore living in California. Cause it's like, why would you, we've got all this like great stuff out here, but in parts of my life, I definitely was like, you know, living in the city and like, and doing a lot of, a lot of just city stuff and not She's allowing myself my life right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, pro- you get it and you probably know. No, I that get when, it. Yeah. And when you get outside, you probably feel such a difference in how your emotional state of being is huge. Yeah. Five, no, like six years ago. Now I literally, I almost random, not randomly. I almost spontaneously got on a flight to Colorado to move there. Yeah. I like caught myself right while I was at the door and I was like, oh my God, I'm <laughs> and see now you could use astrology to say, actually, I don't have to move to Colorado, but as the earth goddess moon that I am, I do need to commit more time to nature to fill myself back up. A hundred percent. So one thing that I wanted to get into and ask you about, she, you guys, she's 
the the manifestation queen. Like that's a, a good title for you. I will right take there. it. I will wear yeah. that crown. <laughs> yeah. Um, like if you all of your listeners definitely know that already, but for my audience, if you're like, what the fuck is manifesting? That's not a real thing. Um, that's cool that you believe that right now. Go check out Andy's. <laughs> you have like a specific, you have a few specific episodes on. We do. We have, we definitely have quite a few episodes on manifestation and we have actually quite a few recently. We've, we did a whole series around manifestation and I just did a whole series over on Pinterest TV, which is a brand new thing on Pinterest. Like an, I did an eight week series on Pinterest TV around manifestation. So I've got lots and lots of manifestation is the stuff out is there. The queen. Yeah. And one thing that you get into that's kind of related, but actually you, you'll decide the queen if it's related, but you also <laughs> talk about rituals a lot. Yeah. And how you have rituals for like everything. Yeah. Yeah. And me listening to that, I'm like, that's awesome. Amazing. And part of the work that I've done with OCD is to step out to de-ritualize. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit and where, where the line gets crossed between like, obviously one's obsessive and like, there's some, I need to do this or else. Yeah. Which is a superstition. Yeah. Exactly. So what's the, how would you describe the difference between like a ritual and a superstition? Yeah. We talk in my courses. So I have a couple of manifestation courses. We have one course called rituals of manifestation in which we teach, um, meditation, breath work, um, little ceremonial things you can do around like moon cycles and things like that. But we have a whole course on rituals of manifestation specifically. <laughs> so they um, are related. Thank they you, are Kim. related. Yep. You were, you were very much there. And one of the things we talk about in the beginning of that course is a ritual and a superstition are two very different things. We can't manifest using superstition. Superstition is um, assigning causation to something that's often quite negative and believing that there's going to be an, an, an not nice outcome if you don't do something this one yes. way. And for, for you with someone with OCD, that's going to be amplified even further than some folks who are like, if I don't do this particular meditation, I can't call in abundance, which is what I really work on in my course is that's not how it works. It's not about if you don't do this meditation, you can't call in abundance. It's if you do this meditation, you're going to be able to open up some things within yourself around belief around abundance, perhaps. So I really think it's important to consider when you're, when you're practicing a ritual or, or bringing a ritual into your life, consider that. Am I doing this because I believe there'd be a negative causation if I don't do this? Or am I doing this because I've, I am shifting something within me that's going to support me in living in a, in a way that will be better, a better outcome for me, whether that's like, I'm feeling more aligned to my purpose, or I feel more energy and vitality, or I feel more self-compassion, like considering that energy, that would be what I would really think about. And, and oftentimes we have rituals that we don't even realize are rituals. Like we wake up in the morning, we get on our phone, we scroll on Instagram. That's a ritual. We just don't think it's a ritual. And we're like, Oh, I wish I didn't do that every morning. I wish I would do something different, but 
it's just my thing. I just lay in bed and scroll in the morning. That's like such a common ritual. So yes, yes. starting to think about, okay, how is, how is that impacting how I treat myself from a self-compassion perspective or from a confidence and worth perspective? A lot of times that's like instilling stuff in us, like first thing in the morning that isn't good for our mindset and our psyche. So in that case, my recommendation would be, okay, what can you do? Even if you're not going to stop doing that morning scroll, like what can you do to shift out of that more quickly? Like, can you get up and go say in the mirror three times something really beautiful to yourself and cut that scroll time down? Well, there's your new ritual. You scroll for one minute versus 10, and then you go say something really beautiful to yourself in the mirror and then go get your coffee going. Now you have a new ritual. Yeah. It's, I mean, and it's habit too. It becomes habit. And it's like the, the more you're doing a ritual without even knowing it. And this is where it gets really hard to shift your life and your behaviors is that every single time you wake up in the morning and scroll through Instagram, you're strengthening that neurological connection. Exactly. Yeah. That is, Oh, I wake up. Oh, that's connected with scrolling on Instagram. And over time, it just becomes what you do. And that's so similar to, well, basically everything in your life, but it's so similar to our eating habits, our movement habits, our mindset. And I love what you said about not looking at it as if I don't do this, then something yeah. not so good will happen because that's the typical, that's like the diet mindset. That's yeah. the, I need to work out to burn this off or else I can't have this sweet at night. Yeah. And we know, we know that that doesn't work. It might work short term, but your body does not find that pleasurable. And so at a certain point, it's going to rebel. Yeah. So for, I love the going in the mirror and saying all the things that are beautiful about yourself, because that that's something pleasurable. You're not like replacing one habit with something that you don't really want to be doing, but are doing because someone says it's good for you to meditate. Totally. Yeah. My, my intention and goal always with the rituals that we teach in our courses is to offer rituals that are very easy to implement that you're going to feel great immediately. And you don't feel like, Oh, I got to do this for like 40 days before I start to feel the effect. And it's going to be really difficult So we offer rituals that are things like little meditations that are three minutes long or little breathwork practices that are three minutes long, a daily journaling prompt, just one, just like write, get right one answer once a day. And that becomes a practice. So then over time as, you know, 29 days, which is the length of a lunar cycle, which is typically what we do with the starting of a ritual is try to do just one lunar cycle of of a new practice. But over time you go 29 days and then all of a sudden you've gone 40 days and now you've gone, you've gone many months and it becomes a part of your day that once a day you write in your journal and you write one thing in your journal. That's something that most of us can, we can embrace because it's not like, oh, I have to write. I have, I hear so many people that are like, I want to do morning pages, the Julia Cameron artist way approach, but they're like, I can't commit to 30 minutes in the morning. So I do nothing instead. Right. 
but can you do one journal prompt? Maybe. Yeah. Right. Maybe. And there's some of those people who are in, Ooh, this would be a good, we should send out a survey to the people who took your course. Um, whether like they're exploring it, they're getting into this habit. And some of those people might feel called to then journal more in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And some people might not. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so important to remember that the goal does not have to be, oh, I'll do this. And then hopefully I'll want to do this and then it'll get bigger yeah. and then it'll get bigger. It's about feeling into it and allowing that to happen if it feels good. Yeah, completely, completely. And with that, you start to find what lights you up. You, f- you start to find what works for you. You start to discover what your practices can be that make a difference in your life. And that's always my hope with, with these sorts of these sorts of things that we do in our courses is that you then find what works for you and how it relates to manifestation is this manifestation is ultimately, it's all built around your emotional state of being your action and how oriented you are to take action towards things that are lighting you up. Um, so there's, there's kind of this combination of feeling of the energetics of of just how you're showing up for yourself. So there's kind of, there's like a woo component, but there's also practical strategy and manifestation. And I think sometimes with what a lot of people have heard of things like the secret or the law of attraction. And while I believe all of that to be real and true, it sometimes can leave out the practical strategy part of manifestation. And I think that's where we sometimes can be like, I believe it so much, or I'm like really feeling into it but you haven't necessarily taken any action to make the things happen that you want to happen in your life. And that has to be coupled with it. And doing these ritual practices, inevitably, the goal is that you just feel better. So you're more likely to have confidence to do things that perhaps before you wouldn't have felt called to step into because you weren't putting your worth It would have felt like something that you had to do. Yeah, exactly. That's that is something that I have really delved into as an entrepreneur. And as I've stepped into more of this like spiritual, soulful entrepreneur realm is that yes, there's the, there's the connection to self. There's the energetic component, the more Mm -hmm. like woo. And then there's the just as important component of going from that to having that fuel you to take inspired action. Totally. And that is what gets to the results. Yeah. And I love like part of what you're talking about is all of what you're talking about is that inspired action component that that is part of the manifestation. It's not like, oh, we're going to manifest and then add the inspired action. Right. Right. It's a step within the process. Yeah. Yeah. So so true. Yeah. There's also this pleasure component. <laughs> you brought mm-hmm. up the word pleasure earlier on. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but pleasure is my go-to word. Makes sense. Fifth house, Libra. Yep. Mm-hmm. I um. There's a documentary on Netflix right now that I started watching last night and it's called Hold on. I actually want to pull this up so that people know. 
and it's called The Principles of Pleasure. Oh, I saw it. I haven't started watching it yet, but I have it saved. It's so good. The first episode is about more of like what you would think, like sexual pleasure and orgasms and stuff like that. And then I think I haven't watched all of it yet, but if you watch it, you guys, as you watch it, I invite you to apply what they're saying to all areas of your life. Mm. And that to me is, is what pleasure is. It's not this dirty thing. Yes. It applies to sex. That feels good. Amazing. Let's invite that in all, like, let's have orgasms in every area of our life. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Why not? I'm I'm so, I'm so with you on that. And that, that is from my perspective, very much a part of the manifestation process. You've got to be feeling into something in such a way that you are fully like orgasmically lit up by it, that it's like, of of course you're going to get this job, or of course you're going to get this house, or of course you're going to get this apartment or whatever it is that you're calling in because you are feeling it in your body and in your soul. So through and through. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. And this is such a good analogy because like, we know that as, as women, part of the component, part of the component, wow. Part of the component of reaching orgasm is so mental for us. Yeah. And oh, this is so cool. You guys, it's a really good analogy about manifesting your orgasm. Yeah. So Part of it is mindset and being in a place where you are totally uninhibited. Yeah. It's, it's a really, really good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can't just think about that and be like, "Mm, I'm going to orgasm. There's an action component. There's the actual sex. Yeah. And when you lose all your inhibitions, when you totally tune in, that's when the sex feels natural. Yeah. You're not like thinking about what you're doing. It's just happening. This is the best analogy ever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Change my career to um, sex <laughs> Manif- analogist. Yeah. Manifestation sex coach. Yes. <laughs> and this is, oh, oh, well, this is perfect because something that Andy and I talked about before we hopped on is this idea of instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, how does that apply to what you do? Yeah. I'm interested to ask you the same question, but I'll tell you in my world, this is where I'm going to take it even like a little bit further into the woo. My perspective is that we as human beings on this planet at this time, we We live in this like time continuum that is incredibly short, but for us, every moment feels really long. But in over the course of like space time, our like little hundred years, if we're lucky to live that long is really tiny. So when we get all like in our heads and in like some sort of loop around, like something's not happening, it's taking too long. What, what, you know, why isn't this happening for me? The reality is your little blip of time is so small that your, your feeling of like, this has taken a month or this has taken two months or this has taken six months is, is like minuscule on the map of time. So the idea that things are going to happen instantaneously or that the universe doesn't have our back if it doesn't, to me, is just so 
not real. It's like the reality is things will always find their way when they're supposed to and how they're supposed to when we're living in alignment and doing the work towards making the things line up the that we the way that we want them to. So this world that we're living in of things happening literally in the moment that we want them to happen. I mean, even things like the fact that we can get on, get on our TVs at night and like find a million shows to watch. Like our parents could not do that when they were kids. If they wanted entertainment, they had like a couple of shows or before them, our grandparents had to go to the theater to be entertained. It's like, wasn't even an option, but we just live so differently. Yes. Ooh, that's so good because the instant gratification is paired with having an abundance of options, which then leads to overwhelm. Completely, completely. And it also leads to what you were saying of like, if I'm not doing something that is instant gratification, like, am I making the right choice? Because there should be something that I am feeling instant gratification. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I tap into a lot. Yeah. Because my my whole coaching habit change philosophy is looking at the neurological connection between what you do and what's pleasurable to you. Mm-hmm. So let's say, like, I'll use myself as an example. Um, oh my God, how old am I? So like eight years ago, um, this was before I was diagnosed with OCD. I was in Paris at the time. I had no idea what the hell was going on. I was just like, this does not feel like me. And what gave me pleasure at that time was the croissants and the baguettes and the cheeses and the jam. It all, it gave me pleasure when I was so depleted of it. And I, I think that part of me, because that was my, that's how I survived. That's how I got through it. Yeah. However, at the same time, on a physiological level, that was sabotaging and fueling my anxiety. Yeah. And so it was this weird dichotomy between like, okay, this is how I'm getting pleasure when I have none, but also it's creating this vicious cycle, which I didn't know at the time, but it's cool to look at. Um, and so if you think about that, if you're having, you know, say it's for you, like pizza every night, or if you're, if you're drinking a bottle of wine every night, and that is what is pleasurable to you at the time, I look at that and I say, that's actually a really good thing because that means that your brain is working. Mm. That means that you're human and not an alien. And that's key because now we get to look at how do we shift your behaviors to what actually is pleasurable to you in a way that you are naturally gravitating towards it, towards these behaviors that fuel you, that aid to your existence rather than pleasure plus sabotage. Yeah, totally. And when that connection is made, then you're not trying to adopt this life that someone laid out for you. 
you're truly creating and then living out, you're manifesting your own lifestyle and it just becomes you. Yes, totally. Yeah. I I think that as you're speaking about this, so much of the work that we do is so aligned in how Mm -hmm. we're approaching it because that's, that's what I want for people too. It's like, I want you to call in your dreams. And I know that you can do that in a much bigger way when you are finding a connection to yourself, your body, your life, the way that you're moving through your day and you're lit up by that and you're not doing things to harm yourself. Even if it, even if that harm is just pizza and wine at night, like how do you start to shift that mindset to finding a new, a new thing? Yeah. So, so, so much of it is, is aligned. Yeah. I mean, it, we basically do the same thing, but you talk about stars and I, <laughs> right. and, and, I yeah. and I think the instant gratification aspect of that is you, you get to find pleasure in that moment. Yeah. Totally. And that gets to be the instant gratification yeah. rather than this quick result. So if you look at it that way, if you look at inviting pleasure into your life in in ways that you weren't truly discovering before, then that instant result gratification doesn't become important. And whatever that result is you're looking for, it just becomes a side effect of whatever you're doing. Completely. Yep. So cool. I feel it. Yeah. Can we get into the random ass question segment? Of course we can. Let's do it. So on your show, this is a component of your show. As you know, on my show, sometimes we close our show with, um, with these five questions that, that we ask. So we kind of like decided we we're going to combine this a little bit. Yeah. So, it works perfectly. Yeah. So you want to go first? I don't know. Uh, um, sure. You ask, you ask me first. Okay. So my question for you is, tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. Oh, this is such good timing for this. So my, um, my grandma passed away a few months ago and she was, she was my best friend. I loved her so much and we have a big family. So there's, sorry if I get this wrong, family who's listening, but there's 11 cousins, 12, somewhere between 10 and 13. Now, um, and my grandma had a charm bracelet. I'm wearing it today. She had a charm bracelet with all of her grandchildren. Here, I'll show it in the video. Mm-hmm. All of her grandchildren had their own little pendant, their own little charm on the bracelet. And she wore it everywhere she went. So we each recently, like this weekend, my mom gave us our, our little charms and it's a monogrammed little gold circle. And it's, it's perfect. It's so special to me. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Obviously I can see it as we're recording and it's so, it's so perfect. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And it has, I don't know if you can see, but it's, um, it has so many little details in it Mm -hmm. that just, she was an artist. So it just is a perfect representation. 
the beauty of it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. See, there um, it is. Just the beauty of life that you get to create and the opportunities. Like this could have been completely matte and it would have still looked great. But there's also so much more yeah. opportunity that we can dive into if we want. Yeah. Thanks for that analogy, Grandma. <laughs> so perfect. All right. I have a little, little funnier question for you. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. What was your most embarrassing moment as a kid? Okay. So this one is, this one is embarrassing. And there's also a revenge component to the embarrassment. (laughs) Yes. Juicy. It's pretty juicy. Okay. So I was, I was, I think I was in 10th. Yeah. I was in 10th grade. So I mean, you can just imagine an embarrassing story when you're 15, crank up the embarrassment level like tenfold because an embarrassed 15 year old is a really sad thing. So, so I was, I was in 10th grade. I had one of my best girlfriends was dating. She was dating a senior and he was honestly a total shithead. He was like the worst. And he was spreading rumors like all around school about things about her that were not true. Like really ridiculous, really ridiculous, like sex stories about her that were completely not true. So I wasn't quite a kid, but I was 15. So I was basically a kid. Can we get an example or is that too much? Oh, like things like that. She, she was like, she, she had a thing for swinging from chandeliers while they had sex. Like she was like, I'm a virgin. I don't even like know. I don't even know how to do that. Like, oh my what? God, I'm so glad I like, asked for an example. It was like really weird shit. Just like, why would you even make that up? Like yeah. also if you're swinging from a chandelier, you're probably going to rip the chandelier out of it. It's like, what? Okay, whatever. So it was just like this random, random shit that he was like making up. And she's like, I have like barely kissed him. Like he's just kind of like my new boyfriend. So all this stuff was going around and all these, we were, we were 10th graders. And so all these people were like, you know, saying not, they were slut shaming her all around school. And so I was like, I am not standing for this. Like you're my best friend. We're not having this. You will not be slut shamed by people in this school. He is going to make this right. So like I confronted him in the middle of the, like the complex of our school, like out in the like brickyard of our school, And he, this is the embarrassing moment because there is an embarrassing moment in this. He was like big, mean senior. And I was like little tiny 15 year old. He, as I like started to like confront him, he picked me up, carried me across like the brickyard in front of everyone. And it had been raining and there was this big like barrel trash can. (gasps) And he threw me into the trash can. What? So now this is like a movie scene. Like you can This is a movie. It. Totally. So then I'm like literally like trying to climb out of the trash can. It's oh full God. of water and trash. I'm like completely oh. soaked. I'm like this little tiny like peewee kid. You know, I haven't even like I've like barely gone through puberty. So you can imagine I was like very tiny like trying to like climb out of the trash can. And so all the whole school is like laughing at me because I'm like oh my this God. little kid in the trash can. So that's the, that's what happened. But the revenge moment, I was completely humiliated of course, and my friend was like, "Thank you and I'm so sorry." And like I never even got to the point of confronting him because the second I attempted to like go after him, he was like, "Yeah, no." 
little girl, like I'm going to throw you in the trash can. So that was, that is, I'm sorry. That's just it was terrible. Did yeah. he get in trouble for that? No, he did not get in trouble. Like no one's no one. in like, like no principals saw it happen, but the revenge moment was there was a bunch of senior girls on the brickyard that day. They saw it happen and they were like, they were like girl power. We will not have this happen to any other. We're not like letting this go down with any other girls on this campus. So they then handled the confrontation with him and like completely shut down the slut shaming that my friend was experiencing and basically like got my back. Like they actually were like, oh, we're going to handle this for you, for both of you now, because you're being slut shamed and you've been thrown in the trash can. So that is we're going to handle this for you. Email empowerment. Yeah. This is the first time I'd experienced it, I think. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to give a hug to all of those girls. I know. And I really want to know what that guy is up to in his life right now. (laughs) That guy. I saw him many, many years later when I was like, I don't know, like after college, I like saw him at a bar when I was like back in my hometown, like with my boyfriend at the time. And I told my boyfriend at the time who ended up being a shithead himself, but whatever, that's its own story. (laughs) He, he like went up to him and was like, I don't know if you remember this, but like, you did this when she was 15. And if you don't get out of this bar right now, I'm going to kick your ass. And so that was the last yes. time I saw that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. You guys, if you don't surround yourself with people who are totally, who have your back, like these women and you're, I mean, you're, yeah, yeah he, he ended up not being that great, but in that no. moment he, he was, he in like handled moment, himself in that moment. Yeah. He was what you needed. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, how the, you got, I hope women are listening to this as they're walking down the street or like doing whatever and are in as much shock as I am because yeah. Right. Like if your jaw is not open from that story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Did that's, that's, that's something that like emotionally messes with you. Yeah. Yeah. If those amazing senior girls had not I mean, and I didn't know them, you know, they didn't know who I was. I didn't know who they were. Like they were like hip and cool. And I was like a little sophomore. (laughs) If they had not done that, that, that memory would be such a serious trauma. But instead I'm like, I'm like, it was very embarrassing in the moment. It was, it was awful. And then these girls like got my back so hard and my friends back who was like being slut shamed all over school. And all of a sudden we were like, nobody fucks with us. We got I love that. Yeah. When did Moulin Rouge come out? Hmm. Because she hangs from a chandelier, right? Yeah, I feel like I don't even think he was like, I don't even know where he got that story. I was like, what what does this even mean? He had some other pretty weird stuff too. Like he said that she um would like they would like have sex in the car and then she would like do it to the stick shift of the car, which what the, that is was just so really bizarre. It was so weird. That is so yeah, it was, fucking weird. That's, yeah. That's not even like, that's, that's like, why is she still your girlfriend? Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my it God. Was so, she was just like, I don't even know what any of this means or like, why, why? Because like, he's just a shithead. He's just like the worst. So oh my that's God. my story. Yeah. This was so fun. I'm glad we did a combined episode. Me too. Me too. Such a, such a cool way to to do this. I know. Introduce each other to, 
I don't speak English, you guys. <laughs> you know that if you listen to my stuff already. But if you're in Andy's audience, welcome. <laughs> but to give each of our audiences a little snippet of yeah, what else, what else is out there? Yeah. And self-discovery. I love it so much. You have so many cool resources and you just have a bunch of stuff. So for everyone listening, where where can they go for more? Yeah. So the best place to go is just go over to my website, which is WeWeGirl, O-U-I-W-E-G-I-R-L. That will take you to all sorts of resources. We also just opened a brand new digital studio called WeWe Studio. So it's O-U-I-W-E Studio. And we've, we're, a lot of our classes are now living in that studio. And we're, we've started with a couple of free classes, some really cool stuff like that. So either of those places would be a really great place to start cool. to tap in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then your Instagrams, we'll, we'll link them. You guys. Yep. WeWe Girl. It's all WeWe Girl everywhere. All WeWe. Yeah. And then what about you for my peeps? So... You guys can find me at emily.golin, G-O-L-I-N. That's my coaching Instagram. And then podcast is to bra or not podcast. That's where I'll be featuring Andy and all this juicy content. And let's see, there's so much goodness. So what I would suggest if you're just diving in is checking out the Embody five-part series that I just did. It's awesome. free and it's it's one of my favorite workshop masterclasses that I've put out there so far because it it's just so in-depth and encompassing of every component of who we are without the overwhelm. Yeah, perfect. And without the do this, do this. So to get there, you guys, go to embodymembers.emilygolan.com. We'll put that in the show notes. Yep. Sign up for the free membership and then you'll get access to that, the Embody Five Bird series. You'll get access to a bunch of other cool shit and resources, all the goods and the community, which in my opinion is the best part. Always. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. This yeah. was awesome. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. And with that, we are complete. Thank you so much to Emily for doing this collaborative episode with me. What do you guys think? Is this fun? It was really great to hop on Zoom with her, see her face, create a show together. If you guys love this, we could definitely be doing more of this in future. We've got an incredible interview coming next week as well. Lots of good interviews lined up for spring and summer. Wishing you all a wonderful Taurus new moon, solar eclipse. If you're listening to this episode after the Taurus new moon, solar eclipse, I hope this season has been really wonderful for you. This season of Venus, of spring, of flowers, of music and beauty and art and style. Lean into that, my lovers. It is really a wonderful time to just absorb that really incredible goddess energy. Thanks so much for being here. If you love the show, especially if you're new and you don't know, go find us over on Instagram. Our show handle is your woo woo BFF. You can also find me. I'm Andy at wee wee girl, O-U-I-W-E-G-I-R-L. If you leave us a review, I will love you forever. We will officially be 
actual BFFs and I'll send you digital flowers like an NFT. I don't even know how to do that. Just kidding. I'll probably send you a DM with flowers, a flower emoji. Is that okay? Until I learn more about NFTs. Maybe we'll do that soon here too. With that, we are complete. Much love. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day.